Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Attention nerds! If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire The Riley and Kimmy Show! The Riley and Kimmy Show! It is a throwback Thursday, not a throw-up Thursday, although it might be, considering who is right next to me. She's got a brown paper bag in hand. Kimmy! I got one thing! Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, I'm not so bad once you get to know me. Oh, that's so true. Oh, wait a minute. Kimmy disagrees with that, don't you? <laughs> yes. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Riley and Kimmy show. I have two fur kids behind me. One of them is starting to snore. That does not give you any clue what's going to be happening with this episode. I guarantee you. But. Because it is a throwback Thursday, we will go back in time with something I guarantee, well, more than once, but we will be focusing on something that is way back. Yeah, it is a definite throwback. We'll have that right at the conclusion of the Riley and Kimmy show. Kimmy, I have a question for you. Yes? What is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com. Yes, that's the place to find all our social media links. You can help the Riley and Kimmy show if you really like what you hear right here by telling your friends you found a place for pop culture escapism every day a brand new nerd variety talk show every single day and like our facebook page and other social media pages like twitter instagram youtube page and things like that all those links available right on our website including all the archived episodes and celebrity interviews and nerd news and you can find all of that on our website and that web address is rileyandkimmy.com And it's a throwback Thursday, May 11th. Kimmy, I have a question for you. Would you like to play nerd in pop culture geek trivia? Of course. The timeline has been adjusted. We've uh, messed it up. We have scrambled it up just like when you take all those little scrabble tiles, put them in a bag, and, you know, shake them up. That's what we've done with all the dates and events that happened on this date in history. Feel free to help out Kimmy with the answers if you think she is stalling, doesn't know, or might be just going to get it wrong. Yell out the answers to whatever listening device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. You could be anything. It could be that tablet, smartphone, laptop, desktop. The Riley and Kimmy show is mobile and global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth on any computing device. Tell your friends about that. Take us to work. Take us to lunch. Take us to dinner. Uh, take us to bed, too, if you'd like. Just don't tell anybody about that one. Here we go. It is a Thursday, May 11th. The very first question for Kimmy and Nerd in Pop Culture Geek Trivia deals with the world of television and music. Her favorite things, combining music and TV together. It was on this date, Kimmy. Fox Television announced that American Idol would conclude at the end of its season. What year, within two years, did this happen? Um, 2010? Wow, not even close, but you got it within the five-year automatic buffer we have, unless we tell you otherwise. It was 2015. Now the question for you is, how many seasons within two was that last season of American Idol? Ten? Fifteen seasons of American Idol. Did you watch any of those seasons of American Idol? Yes, at the beginning. You did. I Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you did or did not. 
I have never seen an episode of American Idol. Yes, you have when Kelly no. Clarkson was on. I never saw that. I'm n- I'm not kidding. I I never watched. You did possibly. I think you and I watched the first season. That's impossible. Together. No, I I I disagree. You had your imaginary friend with you, possibly. The first regularly scheduled television broadcast just happened to be only three nights per week. What did you do the rest, right? Three nights per week. Regular television is uh, is happening. When? What year? Was it 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or the 1950s that this happened? 1940s? No, surprising enough, it was 19. 19- 29, the 1920s, that this happened. Very limited viewership, of course, but mm. it, it was there. It was on this date, Kimmy. Now, we, we, have a, a, we have a gaming question for you, Kimmy. Gary Kasparov, world chess champion, lost his first ever multi-game match. He lost to the IBM chess computer called Deep Blue. It was the first time a computer had beaten a world champion player. What year did this happen within 10 years? When did... 2012? uh, Doing the math. Nah, you you missed it a little bit. It was 1997 that Mm. that happened. Okay. It was on this date. A place you've been to. I went on a journey with you to this place. I've been there many times before that, but I went on a journey with you. I'll never forget. A genealogy journey to a state in which it's extremely cold in the winters, and extremely warm in the summers. Yes, Minnesota. That was, an, that was an adventure, Kimmy. Thank you. It was on this date, 1858. Minnesota was admitted as a state. It was number 32 in the list of uh, states of the United States. That was 1858. Yes, I believe it was 110 degrees when we were... It Yes, it was... Walking it, around the cemeteries. Yes, that is. it was 110, and... One of my, I had multiple video cameras, and that was a number of years ago, but one of them had a really good uh, humidity sensor, and it, and it shut down. It would not work. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could not fire that thing on for the, it just, it, it said, no, <laughs> not going to work. Yeah, I remember that adventure. That was fun. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, 1910, Glacier National Park in Montana is established. It was 1924. Pulitzer Prize is awarded to Robert Frost. 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was founded. 1934, a severe two-day dust storm stripped the topsoil from the Great Plains of the United States and created something. They called this event something, Kimmy. The storm was one of many. What what was created? Do you know? No. Even Grapes of Wrath deals with this. Well, a dust storm? Uh, you're close to a dust something. Dust devil? The dust bowl is what it created. Dust bowl. Yes. It's 1947, the creation of the tubeless tire was announced by B.F. Goodrich Company. It was on this date, 1957. Buddy Holly and the Crickets auditioned for the Arthur Godfrey Talent Scouts. They were rejected. That was 1957. 1957, the Everly Brothers made their debut on the Grand Old Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Moving into the 60s, that's where we're going right now. It was on this date, 1964. This group released this single, Tell me the name of the group, Kimmy. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around, get around, round, round, I get around. 
who is that? Give me, or do you need an extra clue? The Beach Boys. Oh, you did it on clue number one. We had five clues there waiting for you. Didn't know if we needed them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I knew you would get it on the first one. So on this date, 1965, this group made their television debut on NBC's Hullabaloo. That was a music kind of program, kind of, kind of American Bandstand oriented on NBC. See if you can identify who this group is. Here is your clue. Kimmy's uh, pretending she has a air tambourine in hand. Okay, can you tell me the name of the group that made their uh, their television appearance on Hullabaloo with Mr. Tambourine Man? Um, no. Oh, Kimmy, this is after the Beatles came to America and the Rolling Stones. You should know the Herman, birds. Oh, <laughs> it's okay, the, the birds. birds. You were going to say Herman's Hermits, weren't yeah, you? Was, okay. No, yeah. it was not Henry VIII, I am. Oh, okay. You know, Remember, second verse, same as the first. That's Henry mm-hmm. VIII. I am, I am. Okay, 1985, this person's single hit number one on the charts. Identify who it is. Madonna. That's right. Can you, can you tell me the name of the title or the song before the words come on? Crazy for you. Oh, you're right. Number one. That is Madonna, 1985. Kimmy does know her music, that's for sure. It was 1995, Jimmy Vaughn, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Buddy Guy, Robert Cray reunited for a tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughn. All five had played with Vaughn at his last show on August 26, 1990. That was before he was killed in a helicopter crash. 2015, record price for a work of art. Yes, auction of art. Picasso's The Woman of Algiers, version O, sells for... In United States dollars, $179 million. A little over that, actually, at Christie's in New York. Hmm. Moving over to another section of trivia. It is birthday time. Irving Berlin, Kimmy, born on this date, 1888, died at the age of 101 in 1989. American composer and widely considered one of the greatest songwriters in American history. Now, one of his songs has been associated with Fred Astaire, who danced to it in the 1946 film Blue Skies. In 1974, this song was featured in the movie Young Frankenstein by Mel Brooks. And this song, done by somebody else, was number four on the charts, the Pop 100, in 1983. Do you know the name of the song? Any clue? No. All right, Kimmy, we will play it for you. Tell me the person who had it as a hit in 1983. Super Duper, can you tell me who had Putin on the Ritz by Irving Berlin as a hit in 1983? No. Oh, Kimmy, it's one of your favorite foods that I make. 
Tacos? Yes, it was Taco who had that as a hit in 1983. You, you don't remember the video for Taco? It was no. All that, it's kind of like black light shot and stuff like that. You did not. You don't remember that song? I remember the song. It is on my MP3 player. I love that song, actually. Cause, see, I, I know I, you do. I, I do, because I, I like the original. I love the Fred Astaire stuff. And I even, you know, I'm not a big fan of, like, Young Frankenstein and everything with that, but I love that scene in there with putting on the Ritz with the monster and stuff. Mm. I love that song. Jeez. I thought you would have enjoyed that song back then. I remember I was driving a relative crazy who was traveling America with me at the time, and I subjected him to that. I can't remember where. Yeah, he... I think he wanted to throw the cassette tape I had out the window, the mixtape I'd done. He didn't care for putting on the Ritz. <laughs> He's like, what? He goes, what is wrong with you? You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, next person, Kimmy. A painter born on this date, 1904, died 1989. There's a museum in Florida that is a tribute to him, and he one of his big paintings was uh, Melting Clocks. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who the painter is born on this date in history? Salvador Dali. Yes. Moving over to somebody else born on this date. Hokey Wolf. The voice of Hokey Wolf is based on him. He played Sergeant Bilko on TV. And he's been in tons of television. Even even was on a Night Stalker episode. Do you know who the actor is? As a matter of fact, he appeared on Gilligan's Island as a, a big uh, Hollywood producer. Howard, uh, what was it? Howard Hecuba. That was his name. Can you tell me the name of the actor? No. Phil Silvers, born on this date, 1912, died 1985. He did not voice Hokey Wolf. The person who did voice Hokey Wolf based it on his voice. Next person, played a drunk on TV, Kimmy. He would appear on so many things. Dean Martin's roast, mostly. Johnny Carson's show. Even in an episode of Adam 12 as a driver who was a little gassed. And he was on game shows from time to time. Do you know his name? He was born on this date in 1912. Foster Brooks. How do you know that? I don't know. Don't think he'd be funny today, would he? No. Uh, No. Did you find him funny back then? Yeah. You did? Okay. Born 1912, died 2001 at the age of 89. Next person, Kimmy, let's just see if you can do this. It's a long shot. It is a long shot. Fantastic actor. Seen him play in some things that are just... oh, What he's really known for is great, but he's played some really nasty characters. One comes to mind in a original series of Gunsmoke when they were a 30-minute episode. He played a really nasty father with some really, really evil sons. This actor, known for playing Briscoe Darling on the series The Andy Griffith Show, he'd show up with his hillbilly family from the mountains, and then he played Jesse Duke on the Dukes of Hazard, Uncle Jesse from 1979 to 85. Can you tell me the name of the actor by chance? Mm, no. That's Denver Pyle, born on this date, 1920, died 1997 at the age of 77. Really check out his other work, too. I mean, he, he had wide range. He's just known for those two hillbilly kind of characters uh, really well. Next person, Kimmy, English singer, songwriter, and rocker, best known as a member of a certain R&B rock band. They were popular back uh, in the 60s. He was ranked number 57 in Rolling Stone's list of 100 greatest singers of all time. His name is Eric Burden. Identify what group he was part of. You have two clues. Here's clue number one. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. And it's been the ruin 
Okay, Kimmy, can you identify Eric Burton's group? No. One more clue. By the way, that was House of the Rising Sun, which you had visited, not inside. You went by when we were in New Orleans on a visit, if you remember that. Uh, in, you remember that? Mm-mm. Hey, you went on a trolley tour ride with me way back, remember? Mm-hmm. And I went, and that's where the animal song House of the Rising Sun is based on. Oh, the animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that that that's who it is that you did not remember, Kimmy. Baby, do you understand me now? Sometimes I feel a little mad. But don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel? When things go wrong, I seem to be bad. Yeah, the animals, and don't let me be misunderstood. I, I should have that as a theme song, I think. Anyway, I love the animals. Uh, one of my favorite from the 1960s, met Eric Burden uh, many, many years ago. He is 75 today. Next person, Kimmy, best known as one of the original video DJs. Well, actually, video jockeys, I guess, because they, they didn't play discs. <laughs> VJs, right? That's what it was. Video jocks, VJs on MTV. It's Martha Quinn, Kimmy, having a birthday today. I know you love listening to Martha Quinn on Sirius 8, the 80s channel, of the former MTV people. I have a feeling she's probably one of your favorites of the group. Tell me how old Martha Quinn is, the girl next door as they used to promote her as, compared to the others. Tell me how old she is within five years. 55. She's 58 today. Can you name one of the other original MTV VJs that she was part of the group. Not all of them are still with us, but can you name one? Nina Blackwood. <laughs> oh, Kimmy's doing impersonations. Let's hear Nina Blackwood impersonation again, Kimmy. Nina Blackwood. I'll accept that. <laughs> Nina Blackwood, can you name one of the guys? Um. Um. Mark Goodwin? Yeah, that's right. Goodman. Mark Goodman. Alan Hunter, and the late J.J. Jackson. Moving over to a, another section of trivia, Kimmy. I see dead people. It is notable deaths on this date in history. 1960, John D. Rockefeller Jr., American financier, dies of pneumonia at the age of 86. 1981, Bob Marley dies in Miami, Florida at the age of 36 of skin cancer. It was on this date in 1985. Chester Gould dies at the age of 84. He was a cartoonist best known as the creator of what cartoon, Kimmy? What comic strip? Who? Short Attention Span Radio with O'Reilly and Kimmy Show. Chester Gould created a certain, I'll give you an extra bonus here, detective comic strip that he's known for. Dick Tracy? Mike Kales must have shouted that out to you of Mike's dead formats. I think he did. Yes, Dick Tracy, which he wrote and drew from 1931 to 1977. 2001, Douglas Adams. Doug Adams, the English author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, dies at the age of 49. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job today, and thank you for paying attention and being part of this episode. I tried. <laughs> that's all That's all we ask. You, well, one thing's for sure, Kimmy is quite trying. Being a throwback Thursday, we're going back in time and honoring something from trivia. Radio was new. Radio, someone still 
and Kimmy's show. Now, Kimmy had no clue who Phil Silvers is. Looks at me and goes, I don't remember uh, Howard Hecuba or whatever. I'm, I'm I go- do now. You remember him on Gilligan's Island? And he acted out all the scenes of the, the Shakespeare yeah. thing. Fantastic performer. Actually, that silly show right there, that episode right there of him, that is amazing. When you look at that that work there, I mean, that is fantastic. He was like the con man kind of guy you would play in things. He even con- tried to con out the hillbillies of all their money. He tried to sell them like, I can't remember, with a certain statues and things like that it was like maybe the Washington Monument or something like that. He tried to con them. He was conning the, the hillbillies. And Sergeant Bilko was that kind of guy, too. Well, Phil Silvers did a lot of old-time radio. We have an example of him with the swift rise of Eddie Albright. It's kind of a suspenseful thriller kind of episode with a little bit of comedy sprinkled in. It's from 1947. Here's Phil Silvers on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Up car, please. Good morning, Mr. Griffin. Good morning. Get back in the car, please. Well, good morning, Miss Wainwright. Hello, Eddie. Good morning, Miss Kittredge. Take away, Eddie. That's all, please. Watch the doors, please. Two, please. Three. Well, that's the way it is with me all day long, see? I got my ups and downs, like they say. But I like it that way, see? Because I'm not going to be doing this forever. I'm not even going to be doing it very much longer at all. Because I got a job as an assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. And the way I handle my car and my customers, I'm going to be a cinch to get it. In fact, I am so much a cinch that I have told Millie that that's what I am already. Millie is the manicurist at the elite barbershop down on Lake Street. And three, four times a week on my off hour, I jump out of my uniform and into my street clothes and go down there and get a manicure. Sort of got Millie staked out, see. And that's where I am on this day when all this happens. Down there getting a manicure from Millie. You've got real nice hands, though, Mr. Albright. Real swan gay. Well, you see, for a man of my position. But I will also say that you don't really have to have them cared for quite so often. Oh, that. I mean, I wouldn't tell that to everyone, but some of my customers, I like to give my very best professional advice, you know? Well, maybe I. Just let your hand relax, Mr. Albright. Yeah. Well. Maybe I know that. Maybe I got my reasons. Mr. Albright, I can't imagine what kind of reasons you Look, with a guy like me, nobody has to stand on many ceremonies, see? For instance, all my friends call me Eddie. Really? Sure, Mr. Garvey and everybody. Just like I call you Millie. That's all right, isn't it? Oh, well, sure, but but me calling a customer, well, it makes a difference, you know? Is that all I am? Just another customer? You must hold your hand still, Mr. Albright. Yeah, sure. But what I mean, just because I hold a slightly higher position than somebody else, that don't make any difference to me. That's my idea of democracy. Everybody is just as good as anybody else. Of course, unless you're a millionaire or something. Oh, well, what's so special about a millionaire? I got a customer that's a millionaire, and his hands aren't nearly as swan gay as yours. Well, what I mean is, I'm not quite in that class yet. But I wish you would call me Eddie. Well, you know, I was thinking about you. Uh, Once or twice. I mean, you're quite young to be holding a position of assistant manager of a big building like the Dunbar Building. Well, I started at the bottom, of course, but there's little tricks in getting to the top, just like in everything else. Gee, I wished I knew some. Well, take me, for instance. You know how I got where I am? Remembering names and faces, that's how. Yeah? Yes, sir. When I was just merely an elevator operator... Remembering names? You mean a little thing like that can get you to A the... little thing like that? Listen, how do you suppose Jim Farley got where he is today? Where is he? I don't know where he is right now, but that's how he got to be Postmaster General. 
Just remembering names and faces. Just one little thing, that's all. Well, I don't know. He must have had some kind of other abilities. I mean, he must have been a bug on stamps or something. Oh, Kevin's the bit. Look at that cuticle. Well, maybe one, two little things, but that was the main thing. Now, take me for instance. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, Eddie, but you got to keep your hands still, you oh, know. Oh, that's okay, Millie. Forget it. But I was just trying to show you something in the paper. See this picture? Yeah. Frankie the Nose Maddox, former New York gangster who escaped from Atlanta six months ago, believed to be in the city. Oh, sure, I saw that this morning. Yeah, so did I. And when I saw it, I said to myself, Eddie, you, Eddie Albright, you've seen this guy somewhere before. And just like that, I remembered. Oh, well, I bet I could remember an ugly mug like that. Yeah, but suppose you only seen him three, four times, and it was two, three years ago, and he was always with a whole lot of other people. <gasps> Eddie, you mean you know Frankie Maddox? No, but I took him up in my car. <gasps> uh, that was when I was just merely an elevator operator. Uh. I took him up three, four times. There's a rich guy named Ellinger lives in a penthouse on top of our building, and I took him up there. And that was two, three years ago. But right away I remembered, recalled the face. Oh, I guess that is pretty good, all right. Sure, that's the kind of thing that got me where I am. Yeah, well, some people are lucky, I guess. Well, I don't know. But some people that are lucky like to share their luck with other people. Ever stop to think about that? Well, I'm quite sure I don't know what you mean. Well, take you and me, for example. What? Maybe we could be lucky together. I mean, maybe you and me could go out to dinner and the theater some night. Really? Oh, gee, that'd be awful nice. Well, how about tonight? Tonight? Well, I don't know. I, well, I guess I could make it tonight. Okay, now where do I need... Well, well, well. So this is where you spend all your time. Oh, hello, Alex. (laughs) Millie, uh, I just remembered something important. I gotta go. Yeah, but Eddie, I haven't finished yet. What's your hurry? You might at least introduce the little lady to your boss. No, no, don't say that. Oh, dear. Then you must be Mr. Garvey. Well, sure, I'm pleased to meet you. Mr. Garvey? <laughs> Say, what's this guy been telling you? Well, I, uh, well, I Millie, really I... don't see what's so funny. No, All it's I know not... is that Mr. Albright here what? is Mr. Garvey's personal assistant in the Dunbar building. <laughs> I... Is that what he told Look, you? Look, Alex, can I just. Oh, Eddie, I'm ashamed. How could you do such a thing to such a cute little lady? Eddie Albright, you going to sit there and let this man talk to me? He like... better sit there because I am his boss. Millie, look. I'm cheap starter on the Dunbar elevators, and little Eddie here is operator number 23. <gasps> Eddie. And when I say go, he goes. And when I say stay, he stays. Millie, no. Look, Millie, I gotta I go, but I... haven't finished your hand, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie, let's not be bitter. Well, goodbye. Well, you can imagine how that made me feel. I felt lower in the third basement. What made it worse, it was all true, what I told Millie. I all except a little part about being Mr. Garvey's assistant. But I did remember faces. I was going to get to the top. I was there already, practically. But all I could think of was how I could get even with that starter, that Alex Henderson, without having him fire me. And pretty soon he came back, and I just didn't speak to him. I didn't even look at him. But I could see him grinning all over that ugly puss of his every time he looks at me. And then I see him looking serious and going over to talk to some guys that just came in that I recognize as plain clothes did. And then they separate and sort of hang around the lobby trying to look as though they aren't there. And I figure I'll bide my time to get to that, Alex. So pretty soon I mosey over to where he is. Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Albright. Okay, okay, you had your fun. 
What are all the dicks doing in the lobby? Well, now, I wouldn't tell everyone, but, of course, an important man like you... Oh, lay off, can't you? What's going on? They had a tip Frankie Maddox was heading for this building. Frankie Maddox? Yeah. Friend of yours? Well, I know what he looks like. I took him up to the penthouse three, four times. Two, three years ago. I never forget. Yeah? Who was with him? General MacArthur? Now, look, I'm not kidding. I'd remember him any place. Well, why don't you just go over and speak to the lieutenant over there? Okay, I will. Get back on your car. But, Alex... Get back on your... Well, 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 look who's coming in the door. Our girlfriend. Our girlfriend? Oh, listen, Alex, I can take just... How do you do, Miss O'Malley? Oh, well, I'm quite well, thank you, Mr. Henderson. Hello, Millie. I wonder if you could have one of your boys take me up to the penthouse. We got a call at the shop a little while ago from Mr. Ellinger. He wanted a manicure sent up. Why, sure, Miss O'Malley, the last car there. Thank you very kindly, Mr. Henderson. Eddie, take the young lady up to the penthouse. Right away. Look sharp. Millie. The penthouse, please. Now, listen, Millie, I can explain all what I and said. And I do not wish to engage in any unnecessary conversation with the help, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie, that guy's jealous, that's all. He knows when that job comes up, I'm a cinch for it, and he won't stand a chance. Huh? He's just trying to get the knife for me, that's all. <laughs> and that job is coming up, and I'm going to get it. Any day now, you'll see. <laughs> oh, Millie, give me a break. You said yourself it didn't matter even if a guy was a millionaire. I am a very democratic person, Mr. Albright. I have no objection at all to a man being an elevator operator whatsoever. But I do object to his being a big phony. Mm -hmm. I believe this is my floor. Good day, Mr. Albright. Millie. Uh... Hold it, bud. Huh? You heard him hold it. I'm sorry, but you gentlemen can't bring that copper down on this car. You'll have to take the freight elevator. Shut up. Now, listen. Get in there. All right, easy now. Okay, stand up, uh, stand it up in a corner. Well, of course, if you gentlemen insist. Okay, that'll do it. Our policy is to give prompt and courteous service to all the occupants of this building. Okay, However, but the regulation... start down. But it's against regulation. Start down. Yes, sir. But it's against regulations to carry furniture in the passenger cars. And a big carpet like that. Now, what about a big carpet like that? Well... It's furniture. Well, what do you know? Sonny Boy here thinks this is furniture. Well, it ain't furniture, you see, Sonny Boy? Well, the regulations... Yeah, specific. Uh... Yes, sir. What floor, sir? The basement. Yes, sir. Which basement? You ain't trying to be funny, are you, Sonny Boy? No, sir, but we have three basements in this building. You all got like stairs to point... up to the street? Yeah, they have stairs, but You'll it is... Take us to the first one you come to. Yes, sir. But the building regulations... Oh, shut the up. Yes, sir. Well, like I say, we believe in giving prompt and courteous service. So I wasn't going to argue with anybody, particularly anybody as big and tough as these two guys look. They wanted to take a carpet to the basement? Well, there's no skin off my knees. It was a big carpet, all right. It was rolled up, and they had it standing in the corner between them. And I glanced at it, just casual-like. And then I saw something that made my skin come up in goosebumps all over. Sticking out of the bottom of that carpet was a pair of feet. Hey! Those guys had a dead body in that carpet. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Phil Silvers in The Swift Rise of Eddie Albright, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. 
Well, when I saw those two tough guys had a body rolled up in that carpet, I just stood there at the controls of my car and tried to keep my knees from knocking until we got down to the first basement. Is this the basement? Huh? I'd say, is this the basement? Oh, oh yes, sir. Okay. All right. Let's lift it easy. Right, Can I help you? Uh, no, never easy. mind. Easy. You got it? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Set it down. <sighs> All right, sonny boy. You can beat it. Yes, sir. And uh, listen, bud. Yes, sir? If I was you, I'd forget I ever seen this uh, carpet. Understand? Yes, sir. What carpet? Well, where you been, big shot? Oh, oh, I had to take a tenner down to, uh, to the to the basement. The basement? Yeah. Somebody from the penthouse wanted uh, wanted to see the super about something. Oh, I see. I thought you was going to stick around and help the cops catch Maddox when he shows up. Okay, Alex, you think I'm kidding, but I do know him. What he looks like. Yeah, with his mug all over the paper, sure. You and a million other people. I mean what he looks like. Hey, Francis, I remember he's a medium-sized small guy about my size. Oh, a shrimp. All right, but you wait. If that guy comes into this building, I'll spot him and I'll... All right, everybody, all right. Just stand right where you are, please. That's the lieutenant. It must be Maddox. Maddox. Now, there's no danger, folks. No danger. We're just trying to locate somebody. Say, I gotta go. You stay here. I just remembered a party up on the 15th floor. You stay. But see, I figured the cops had everything under control about this Maddox, and there was no use of my button in until they need me. And so I'm sort of getting my breath and going past the ninth floor before I notice the little guy in the car with me. A nice-looking little guy, and he speaks to me real friendly. What's all the excitement down there? Oh, well, they think some gangster named Maddox is loose in the building somewhere. Do they? Yeah. Maybe it was a good idea we started up and we did, huh? Oh, I don't know. Don't worry me none. What floor? Uh, the, uh, the penthouse, please. Oh, you're looking for Mr. Ellinger. That's right. My girl's up there with him right now. Your girl? Yeah, she's a manicure. Mr. Ellinger sent for her a little while ago for a manicure. Oh. Well, here's your floor. Uh, say, wait a minute before you open those doors. I, uh, got a little proposition to make to you. Uh, proposition? Yeah, you see, Mr. Ellinger's an old pal of mine. He's a great guy for gags. I haven't seen him for quite a while. I want to pull one on him, see? Oh, well, yeah, but... but I want to borrow your uniform. If we just swap coats, that's enough. It'll only take a minute. The whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't do anything like that. The regulations... Sure, are... sure, I know. Uh, would, uh... Would this help? Oh, no, I couldn't. You see, if... A hundred bucks? Sure, with me and Ellinger, it's anything for a gag, and, uh... Like I say, it'll only take a minute. Well, I don't know. But a hundred bucks? Oh, here, go on, take it. Now, give me your coat. Here's mine. Well... You sure it'll only take a minute? That's right. Okay. Here you are. Okay, now let's go. Uh, you better come with me, though, so you can get your coat back and go right on down. See? Yeah, sure. I'll prop the car doors open. I'm sorry. Millie! Albright, for heaven's sake, now what? Who is she? Oh, that's my, uh, that's Millie that I told you about. Oh. 
Where's Ellinger? Well, I'm sure I don't know, and I've been waiting quite a while, and if I have to wait much longer... You sure he's not home? Well, I should be. And if I have to wait much longer, I'm simply going to have to charge him the full rate anyway. And if you're a friend of his, I wish you'd Yeah, sure, sure. I'll uh, I'll fix it for you. We'll come in and wait. As for you, Mr. Albright, of course, no business of mine. But if you want to throw away your job and your whole career... I got my reasons, Come on. Well... Yeah, but you said it would only take a minute. Come on, come on. There's another hundred in it for you when you get your coat back. A hundred dollars? See? I told your you. Your boyfriend and I are just pulling a little gag, miss. Boyfriend? Are you implicating that this... Well, I must say, someone has given you the wrong kind of an oppression entirely. Yeah, okay, but you two could do quite a lot with a couple of hundred bucks, couldn't you? Suppose, uh, you wait here in the front room, miss. We'll go on inside. But don't tell Mr. Ellinger we're here. We want to surprise him. Yes, sir, of course. That's two hundred dollars. Listen, I can't wait long, you know. Yes, sure, I know. In here. Uh, let's, uh, go out on the balcony. Ah, it's nice up here. Yeah, I always wanted a penthouse. You know, them looking all over for this, uh, Maddox, or uh, whatever his name is, they won't miss you for a while. Yeah, there's that. But boy, I just wish I could lay my hands on that guy. Oh, Maddox? Yeah, boy, if I could just capture him single-handed or something. What's the matter? You got something against the guy? Oh, no, no, Mr. Uh, Mason. No, Mr. Mason, I got nothing against him. But I gotta do something pretty quick. Fooling around with guys like this Maddox could be a little unhealthy, though, couldn't it? Yeah, there's that. But, well, you see, Mr. Mason, I gotta do something for Millie. Uh, I don't know, she seems like a nice kid. She doesn't seem like the kind who'd expect any crazy grandstand plays from a guy. Oh, she wouldn't, Mr. Mason. Millie's the top. She's aces. But you see, well, I already made one and it flopped. It was a terrible flop. Oh, showing off for a dame, huh? Like a little kid. Yeah, I guess so, Mr. Mason. I guess I made an awful fool out of myself. But, well, now I gotta do something to make up for it. Listen, Eddie, a dame that's any good, she doesn't expect anything special of a guy. If she does lay off because she's poisoned, take my word for it, I know. Maybe I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't tried to show off for a dame. Just like you. I was a punk kid. I didn't know any better. Gee, Mr. Mason, I wouldn't say where you are today is so bad. Being able to pass out $100 bills like you do. Yeah. Well, you get older. You see things a little different sometimes. How'd you come to louse it up with her? Well, you see, it began by me telling about this job that I got as assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. Only I don't have it yet. And then Alex. He's the starter. He tips her off. And then I'm trying to explain to her when I bring her up here. Only I don't get a chance because these two mugs get in my car with a what big What two cover. mugs? The two that come from the penthouse here. I guess they're working for Mr. Ellinger. And they got a big rolled up carpet. And they want to go down to the basement. And I told them the regulations, but... Gee, maybe I shouldn't be saying this after what they told me. What did they tell you? Well, about the carpet, they said. Carpet. So that's it. Well, I guess it's okay to tell you, Mr. Mason. But I was scared. Well... There was a body in that carpet. Gosh, you don't suppose that's why Mr. Allen... listen, Eddie, you stay right here, see? But Mr. Mason, my coat... You... I'll be back in two minutes, kid, then you'll be all set. The basement, huh? Yeah, but Mr. Wait, wait, Mr. Mason... You stay here. You want your coat back. Oh. Well, Mr. Allwright, I see your newfound friend has left you holding the bag. Oh, Millie, I don't know. Everything has gone wrong today. Well, you can't say that your friends or those who were your friends didn't give you fair warning. You mean you're still my friend? I didn't say that. 
Just hope that Mr. Alex Henderson is your friend when you try to explain to him what happened to your uniform coat. Alex Henderson. Listen, Millie, you don't see anything in that guy, do you? Well, he's just I a common Mr. starter. I think Mr. Henderson is a very high-type gentleman and not a big phony. Him? Well, he's the worst. And at least he is not ashamed of his position. He is, too. And seeing that he is your superior, yeah, I Yeah, well, he won't be for long. I can tell you that right now. All right, Maddox. Reach. What? Don't try to stall him, Max. Get him up. They got guns. Maddox. Hey, listen, I'm not Maddox. What do you I'm... think you're kidding we know you've been having a doctor change your face the last six months. And then you think you're going to walk right in here and knock off Ellinger for that 50 grand he took you for. Well, you're a little late. You know why? Listen, fellas, you got it wrong. Don't you remember? I'll tell you why. Because and I... we got tipped off and we got Ellinger out of here in a carpet. How do you like that? You know who is going to get it? You, Maddox. Oh, no. Hey, look. My girl, she fainted. And she's in luck. Got any last words, Maddox? Wait, listen, I'm not Maddox. I'm the elevator boy. I never thought I'd see you crawl, Maddox. Don't you remember? I took you down with the carpet to the basement. Go on, go ahead. I'm getting a big boot out of this. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe he's got something. Come over here, you. Yes, sir. Why, I think it is the elevator punk. That's me, sir. That's right. The elevator punk. That's me. Shut up. What do you think? I don't know. What happened to your uniform, punk? Well, there was a man. He was in my car. All right, turn around and get it. Maddox! What happened those next few minutes, I'll never know. I was down on the floor until the shooting stopped, and then it was awful still. And I opened one eye and looked around, and Mr. Mason, only he was Maddox, I recognized him. And the two mugs were lying on the floor, and they weren't moving either. And then I saw Millie lying there, too, and I rushed over to her. And I took her in my arms, and then she opened her eyes. So I knew she was all right. So I rushed back to Mr. Maddox to see if I could help him. On the counter, he was nice to me, whatever he was. But he was dead all right, I guess. And I took the gun out of his hand, and then all of a sudden, the room was full of people. Cops and Alex Henderson, and even Mr. Garvey. And they were all crowding around me, and everybody was saying something different. Uh, it's Maddox, all right, Chief. He's got identification. What happened here? Is that the missing operator, Henderson? That's right, Mr. Garvey. Who's the girl? My officer. He's got a gun in his hand. Uh, give me that, son. Uh, yes, sir. Well. Say, son, you must have been mixed up in this little party yourself, huh? Where'd you get the gun? Well, Lieutenant... It's Maddox's gun, isn't it? That's right, Chief. That's what must have happened. Maddox gunned the two hoods, and then the kid jumped him. Yeah? Well, that took a lot of courage, son. Is uh, that what happened? Well, sir, I... Go ahead, Eddie. Speak up. Don't be afraid. Oh, no, Mr. Garvey. I'm not afraid. I'm Just perfectly... tell us what happened, son. Well, what happened? Yes, sir. That's what happened, all right. What you said. Uh, Mr. Maddox made me come in here and change clothes with him. And then those two came in and Maddox shot them. And then, well, I just sort of overpowered him. And, and the gun went off and, and he was killed. I know guys on the force wouldn't have dared do that. Did she see it? I fainted. Well, say, young man, you certainly are to be congratulated. Thanks, Mr. Garvey. Yes, sir. You're the type of man we need on the Dunbar building staff, which uh, reminds me. There's a position as my personal assistant coming over, and I think you could fill it. Come and talk to me about it in the morning. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Garvey. Oh, Eddie. Hey, Chief. Yeah? Look, Maddox. He's alive. So he is. Yeah. He can talk. He can talk? How about it, Maddox? Is that what happened? What, uh, happened? The kid here says you gunned the other two and he overpowered you. And you got it in the struggle for the gun. Is uh, that what happened? The, uh, the kid there overpowered me? Oh. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, uh, yeah, the kid just, uh, 
overpowered me. He's gone. Gosh! The reason I told this, well, Lily and I got married when I got the job of Mr. Garvey, and, well, something pretty important is going to happen pretty soon, and, well, I got to think of what Mr. Maddox said, and and I told Millie the whole thing, because I didn't want to have a kid who could ever say his old man was a big phony. Hello, Eddie. I mean, uh, good morning, Mr. Albright. Alex? Uh, car three, sir? Uh, take Mr. Albright right up. Oh, thank you, Alex. Uh, I've been watching your work. You're doing grand. Grand. Now, just look alive. Well, shall we go? Up, up, quickly, boy. Up. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.